2: Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For over 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death, and so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Can I tell you, it has been one heck of a wild week since last I was with you. I feel like I've had a growth spurt on the afterlife and on dying. Sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Everything I talk about with you is just as much for me as it is for you. You see, I have a mind, probably much like yours, who forgets about this stuff. It happens often. I get busy in life. You get busy. Things happen. Fear creeps in. Worry about the past or future guilt, you know, all that stuff. I get an opportunity to research and record an episode of Shades of the Afterlife. And it's like, uh aha, I'm back. Okay. I'm a soul having a human experience. There's growth for my soul. It's okay to make mistakes. I want to use this episode for lots of different reasons, for some news, to give you my story of what happened this past week and why I feel like I've had this growth spurt and also let you hear from a guest that I had speak on our Sunday gathering this past week about life and the afterlife. It was so amazing that I am just sharing it everywhere I can. Where to begin? Okay, let's go back two episodes ago. Number 121. If you listened, we did an experiment in remote viewing. It's an ESP technique. Why did I put it into shades of the afterlife, you ask? Well, for the simple reason is once you can get a taste of how extraordinary your soul is and how you can see things in a different location that you shouldn't be able to and know things, then you can realize that you must be more than just the skin and bones that you think you're made of. So what I did two episodes ago, At the very beginning, I had an object sitting in front of me. I had something that I held in my hand. And then I had a song that I sang a little bit of. Here's the thing. I didn't describe any of them. I asked those who were listening to quiet their mind, use their imagination, and see in their mind's eye if they could tell some elements of these objects and of the song. I don't want to tell you now, in case you haven't heard it, anything about the objects. But what I can tell you is I have received many emails from you listeners saying that your mind is pretty much blown because either you were right, you were close to, or you thought you were wrong and those things that you did see Well, they were also things that were in my line of vision. So your soul picked up on something different than what I intended, but so what? You got it. Those of you who feel like you got to the end of the episode and you were completely wrong, it's no problem. We need to be willing to be wrong and have a sense of humor, have the idea that it's okay to play with this and do it again. I wanna give those of you who are interested in practicing this even more, a nice way to practice. Pick up a magazine that either you haven't ever looked at or maybe one that you haven't looked at in years. Take a few minutes, talk to your soul. Say, I intend to remote view some of the contents of this magazine, meaning pictures. Take a few deep breaths, have a notepad in front of you, And play. Don't try to figure it out because we have two sides of our brain. The analytical one, we need to tuck that away somewhere for this to work. We need to be okay to be wrong. We need to play with our imagination. And just look at what images and thoughts come to your mind about what's in that magazine. Write them all down. Take a little break, revisit it, write down some more things. And when you're ready, Go page by page into the magazine. You may write down something, say, that looked like a wagon wheel. But when you went through it, it might be a bicycle wheel. Again, don't look for exactly the object, although it may happen. Be open. You are building a relationship with your soul and watching how it works. The first time I had done this, I had a magazine called Woman's World that I used to always purchase from my grandmother. And after she had passed, I still kept picking up those magazines. And I decided to do this experiment. And my intention was to remote view what was on page 25. My mind came up with all kinds of different images. And I got to page 25 and none of them were on there. So I thought, ah, this didn't work. However, when I started reading the magazine, somehow, my soul very quickly went through the pages, and most of the things I had written down were inside that magazine. I tell you what blew my mind. Absolutely incredible. I have more details on how to remote view on episode 121, and also inside my book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Which, of course, you can use coupon code FREE at my website, we don't die.com. So that's remote viewing. Now, last week's episode, Death is But a Dream, talking about the great work of Dr. Christopher Kerr. My growth spurt <laughs> started when I was researching that episode. And the more and more I got into it, I felt rather astonished that I didn't know this stuff before. Basically, we've all heard of deathbed visitations. You've heard me talk about them plenty of times, those moments just before someone passes and they look up and they can see a loved one or an angel. Lots of stories of those. But in a nutshell, I learned that part of the dying process, we sleep a lot, number one, but the dreams we have occur as real as reality. And the people in those dreams are people from our past, people who have already departed this earth. They appear as if they're coming for us, often as if we are traveling. And the people who were studied say that these experiences really are just as real as anything else they're living in life. So we can be really comforted that our loved ones are there to help us across the veil. Not only have I received emails about the remote viewing experiment, but also several of you have told me stories of people in your life that approximately two weeks before they passed, they started dreaming and sharing dreams. About loved ones, those dreams that were so real. Not too long ago, I was giving away a bunch of stuff. One of the ladies that came to pick some things up told me that her husband had just passed. It's rather an uncomfortable situation to be in. Do I tell a complete stranger that I'm the author of the book We Don't Die and that I have a podcast? Or do I say nothing? You know what I did, right? (laughs) I asked her. I have something a little strange that I'd love to share with you, but I don't know if it's okay. Is it okay that I share? And she said, "Oh yeah, share whatever you'd like." And I said, "I have known grief, and I've actually studied grief, and looked for evidence of is there an afterlife, and I've written a book on it called We Don't Die." Well, guess what happened? This lady's eyes just perked up and she wanted to know what I had to say. So not only did I share my thoughts best as I could, but I gave her a copy of my book. We exchanged phone numbers to stay in touch. And of course, there was a big hug. But before she left, she says, I want to tell you something about my dad. About two weeks before he passed, he had a dream. She said that my mother was there telling him, it's almost time to come home, get your affairs in order. So literally, this man believed he was going to die, got all of his affairs in order, and lo and behold, a couple weeks later, he passed. So this just reassures me that the dreams we have before we go are comforting They can take away our fear of dying. We know our loved ones are there and that we don't have anything to be afraid of. Am I ready to die? No. Do I have fear of pain? Yes, I do. But we can talk about that later because I'm a big fan of what I know about hospice. I just thought of one more story before we go to the break. I was on an airplane years ago. And the lady sitting next to me and I were talking about life after death. And she told me that a couple of weeks before her mom died, she saw her husband, this lady's father, in the hospital room. Now, this lady had been a longtime smoker. And towards the end of her life, the children, her adult children said, you know, if mom asks for a cigarette, she's so close to dying, why not give it to her? So the kids asked her, you know, mom, you've been asking for a cigarette, would you like one? And she says, no, your father's right here and I don't want him to smell the smoke on me. (laughs) I'm so excited that you're listening to the show because it has me do the research and learn for myself and be able to share it with you. So it's good stuff. Let's go to the break. And when we come back, we will hear from Brian Smith about why he believes in the afterlife and some very powerful words. And why not take a moment and think for yourself, who's going to be there coming for you? Someone from your past, parents, husband, wife, siblings, the family dog or cat jumping up on your bed. It's real, my friend. We don't die. So let's go to the break. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
3: Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up.
4: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com/shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel slash shades
0: This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. at purdueglobal.edu
3: hi it's dr sky keep it right here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM paranormal podcast network
2: To Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and on this segment, I'd like to play some words from Brian Smith. He is the author of the book Grief to Growth. He also has a podcast by the same name and the website grieftogrowth.com. Brian was my guest on our weekly Sunday gathering, and his address was so fantastic about life and death and the afterlife, it's something I think every human being should hear. So here's Brian.
5: And Sandra introduced me earlier, but just in case you missed the introduction, my name is Brian Smith. And before we get started, I want to get started with a very short story about who I am and how I came to be here today. I grew up as a child with a a great fear of death. Um, Religious beliefs like original sin and hell actually tormented me. And that fear of death that I would actually even term thanatophobia, which is a hard word to say, led me to a fascination with studying death. And I've studied death for most of my life. Suddenly in 2015, my daughter, who was then 15 years old, Shannon Lane, she passed away in the spirit. And this is my daughter, Shannon, behind me. I was lost. I was devastated. I really no longer wanted to be on this earth. And I know that for anyone who's lost a child or someone as close as a child, it could be a spouse, could be a parent. I know you understand what, what that means. It's as if half of you left with them and all of me wanted to be with her. All I wanted was to be with her again. Or all I wanted was to be with her again. But I knew I had other responsibilities. I had a wife who's actually on here today. I have another daughter. I've got family. I've got friends. And I quickly realized that I couldn't just sit down and die. I had to keep moving forward. So what I did after Shayna passed is I accelerated my studies. And since that day, almost eight years ago, I've dedicated my life to learning more about the afterlife, and I've learned a lot from our friends. And I've taken what I've learned, and I've integrated it into my work for like the last four years. In the last four years, I've been teaching others about the afterlife. And today, as Sandra said, I'm the host of the Grief to Growth podcast. I'm a life coach. I'm a certified grief educator, and I teach something called positive intelligence. Uh, I do host a podcast and a YouTube channel, and I write about what I've learned. And I recently launched a, launched a program that incorporates all these principles I've learned into a curriculum that I do got my guy, my clients through. So I say this to say I speak to you today as someone who's made this my lifelong study. This is my purpose. Now, I also want to say I'm a chemical engineer by training. I'm a very rational person. When I was a little kid, I used to take things apart just to put them back together again and see how they worked. Like Sandra, I'm a very rational and a skeptic person. I'm not really woo-woo, skeptic person. I'm not really woo-woo. I study things. I don't take any of this for granted, and I don't take it on faith. I think faith is great, but I'm the kind of person I need to know. I just can't just believe. So I've studied science. I've studied philosophy. I've studied religion and also subjective personal experiences like out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences, mediumship, afterlife communications, et cetera. There's a whole body of evidence. So where I sit today, I am 100% confident that we don't die, as Sandra says. I'm 100% confident that we are spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. But this experience, while it is temporary, can sometimes be overwhelming, and I acknowledge that. And sometimes we need to be reminded of the greater reality. The overarching truth of our true temporary physical residence is where we are. So now getting on to the topic of the day. The topic of the day is home. And when I say home, that's not with a lowercase h, but home with an uppercase h. So what is home? Well, I've been on this planet long enough to have had several homes. I've had homes in different cities, homes in different states. I've lived in apartments. I've lived in houses where I grew up, the place I grew up with my parents. I've had temporary homes, like when I went away to college and I lived in dorms. And even more temporary homes, like, for example, when you go on vacation. If you think about it, when you go on vacation, you stay in a hotel for like a week. After a week or so, you're coming back to that room. That room kind of feels almost like home for a little while. And then you remember your true home is back in the city that where you live. But even none of these places are our true home with a capital H. Now, sometimes even when we're on vacation, even when we're out having a good time, you get homesick. And even though you're intentionally away from home, you kind of want to be back to where you were. You want to sleep in your own bed. You miss having your own stuff. And even though you're away on your own volition, you long for home. Now, again, home I think is is relative. When I first moved in the house I'm living in now where I'm sitting right now, I thought of my my old house as home for a while, and then I got used to this being home, and now this is home. When my daughter moved away to go to college, I remember one time she said she's going back home and she was going back to her dorm, and it kind of jarred me, because I'm like, well, that's not your home. And my point is here, once we're in this physical place that we're in right now, once we're in the bodies that we're in right now, for a while, we start to think of this as home, but it's not really our home, bodies that we're in right now. For a while, we start to a uh, walk in the physical is a, is a term that Christian uh, Sundberg uses. This is a temporary experience. It's a trip away from home. It's You can think of it as an adventure. You can think of it as an excursion. You can think of it as a learning experience, like going away to college or going away to school. But we live in a virtual reality. We live in a simulation. And I was speaking with someone the other day, and they said, are you talking about simulation theory, which is a theory that physicists propose? Well, for me, I don't even think it's theory anymore. This is reality. This physical world that we live in, of course, is very real while we're in it. Well, for me, I don't even think it's theory anymore. This is reality. This physical world that we live in, of course, is very real while we're in it. But physical is a matter of perspective. Um, We happen to live in this world and we think of it as, as physical, but it's really just mental or not just mental, it's really mental, it's consciousness. Uh, Now, my thinking has been greatly influenced by people like Bernardo Castro, who wrote a great book called Why Materialism is Baloney, and others that have come to the same conclusion by observing reality and using logic that what we see is not as it appears to be. I've learned in recent years that everything is consciousness. Everything exists within consciousness, and there are different levels of reality, if you will. They're kind of nested in each other, but none of them is actually physical. Physicists have even gotten to the point where they tell us that what we perceive as solid, all the stuff around us, is not really solid. That the chair, for example, that I'm sitting in, the chair that you're sitting in, might feel solid, but they're really vibrating masses of energy. As our technology has gotten better and better, we've gotten deeper and deeper looking into the physical, we realize that what we thought was solid at one time really isn't. When I was in college many, many years ago, we thought that atoms were the, the smallest individual thing or smartest indivisible thing. And then we realized there are electrons and neutrons. And then we found out those are made of, of, of neutrinos and quarks and all these little tiny particles. But even as we've gotten even deeper into this, we realize that electrons themselves aren't even particles. They're waves of potential. And at the very smallest level, these little things we call particles are actually vibrating bits of energy. Now, for example, a hydrogen atom itself is 99 point, and I'm not gonna say it all, but 99.1296 empty space. Everything around us that we perceive as solid is not really solid. So the reason I say this is, this is kind of a projection of a deeper level of a consciousness that we live in. So why would we come here? Why would we come to this place that's not our home? But well, we come here for a time to experience We come here to learn, to grow. We come here to learn compassion. We come here to learn love. We come here, as I said, to have experiences. So someone recently asked me, if we're perfect in the the afterlife or before we come here, why do we have to come here to grow? Well, I would ask you, what does it mean to be perfect? Near-death experiences might say, well, suddenly I knew everything. I knew all the secrets of the universe. But that is actually intellectual knowledge. To be truly omniscient, to truly know everything you'd have to know what everything is like. So some things you can only learn experientially. To be an omniscient being, to know everything, you'd have to experience pretty much everything. For example, if you're omniscient being and knew everything, you wouldn't know what it's like to not be able to speak English. If you were never uncomfortable, you couldn't know what it's like to be cold. To know what it's like to receive mercy, you have to be in a position where you need mercy. So hopefully you get my meaning. We need to have these experiences to understand what it's like to have these experiences. And we, my friends, are fractals of a greater consciousness. We are here on a mission to have these experiences, to grow that consciousness. Now, some of us were taught uh, growing up believing that there was a God who was perfect and self-contained and knew everything and, and God didn't need anything. I don't think that's necessarily the way that that level of consciousness is, believing that there is a God who was perfect and self-contained and knew everything and, and God didn't need anything. I don't think that's necessarily the way that that level of consciousness is. That The consciousness that we are part of is constantly expanding, is constantly growing, and it's actually growing through our experiences. That reality, that consciousness, that source, whatever you want to call it, it actually needs us to grow. As we grow, it grows, and as we grow our individual consciousness, we grow the collective consciousness. Now, we come here only for a short time. The reason why we're able to leave where we go and come here is because when we're there, we know this is a short experience. We know this experience is temporal. But when we're here, we forget that and we get attached to things here. But remember, everything here fades away, all the money that we accumulate, The homes that we accumulate, the cars that we buy, we're only renting. In fact, our very bodies, we're only renting. We're only going to have these bodies for a short time. And these bodies will fade away as well. But what's eternal is the result of the experiences that we have, the love that we gain, the wisdom that we gain. That goes back with us. And that's the only thing that goes with us.
2: So I am going to pause Brian until the next segment because he's got another train of thought that is so good. Can you see why I wanted you to hear this? When he talks about our experiences, I often very playfully say, can you imagine a place that's all good all of the time where you have everything? So say your favorite food is pizza. You know what would happen if you only got pizza? It would become boring. You need to have the negative to the positive. Do we need so much negative? Well, I don't know about that. But I do know I cannot experience true joy unless I've experienced the opposite of that. He also talks about quarks and these tiny little things inside of atoms. If you study anything at the quantum level, you realize how much of us is made up of empty space. If you put a camera into one of the atoms within us, we would be completely invisible. All we are is vibrating energy. I do hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. I could listen to this over and over and over, and I will. Let's go to the break, and then we'll be back with Brian. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
0: Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
6: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
1: The internet is an extraordinary resource that links our children to a world of information, experiences, and ideas. It also can expose them to risk. Teach your children the basic safety rules of the virtual world. Our children are everything. Do everything for them.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of.
1: Hi, this is ufologist Kevin
3: Randall, and you're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
2: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. We aren't going to waste any time. We're going to dive right back in with that fantastic talk by Brian Smith, from Grief to Growth.
5: So I mentioned we come here to improve consciousness. And I mentioned we come here to improve consciousness so consciousness can improve itself and and improve ourselves. But there's actually more. Um, When I talk to people about this, this idea, they say, oh, I would never sign up for this. There's no way I would sign up to come to this place. This place is stupid. This place is crazy. So let's maybe look at this from a different perspective. I'll give you a couple of examples. Now, when I was younger, I mentioned earlier, I'm a chemical engineer. I went away to college, and I actually paid money to get my degree. And it was hard. I chose chemical engineering partly because it was the hardest thing that I could go through. But I wanted to learn. I wanted to grow. And as I said, I paid money for that. Now, I also love, like, reality TV. I, I just I love to watch human nature. And there are a couple shows on reality TV, and one's called Naked and Afraid, and the other one's called Alone. And in these shows, they put themselves in extreme conditions. For example, in the show, Naked and Afraid, they go into the wilderness wearing nothing. And I mean they wear nothing. They have no clothes, no shoes, nothing. They get a bag and two items, maybe they'll have a pot and a knife, and they try to survive for 21 days. Now, when I explain this program to people, they say, who are these crazy people that do this? They must be doing it for the money. Well, in that show, there actually is no money. There's no prize in the show, in that particular show. They do it for the adventure. They do it for the challenge. They do it to improve their skills, They make themselves uncomfortable on purpose, to see how they stack up. The other show I mentioned earlier is called Alone. And in that sense, it's even more extreme. These people go to Canada in the winter with a few items. Now they do have clothes and they have tents and things, but they're literally alone. They take a camera with them. They film themselves. There's no crew. There's no backup. There are bears. There are wolves. There are all kinds of predators. And they go out and they they put themselves up against nature. And every time I've watched a show, every single contestant comes out changed. And I mean changed not just physically because they lose a lot of weight, but they are changed mentally, spiritually, emotionally. The solitude that they go through, the hardships that they go through, actually hones them into different people. And they're different for the rest of their lives. And the last example I'll give about the way we set up challenges for ourselves. I love sports. I love watching people compete at anything. Have you ever thought about how silly sports are that we go out, these big men, and they put on these pads, and they hit each other, and they tackle each other, and one team's trying to move the ball one way, and the other team's trying to move the ball the other way? And it's all just fun, right? It's all just to to see if we can do it. They risk life for them to do this. We pay money to watch it, all for the challenge. This is part of human nature. I think we seek challenges. So that's why we come here. Now, we often refer to the next life as the afterlife, and that's fine from the perspective of when we're here, right? This life is here, and then we have the afterlife. Now, more accurately, there's actually one life, and I've heard it termed the ever life, but I actually started calling this phase of life the between life. When we come here, it's between. We, we come from one place, we come here, and we go back to the same place. So this is really the between life. And the other day, I was speak with a gentleman, and we were talking about my daughter who had transitioned, and, I, and I, I like the term transitioned and graduated, and things that let us know that our loved ones don't truly die. And he used the term continuation day to describe the day my daughter passed in the Spirit. And I love that term. She continues that what we see as death is only the limit of our sight. It's just the horizon. When a ship goes across the horizon, it doesn't disappear. It doesn't go away. It's just out of our sight. I've heard the term risen used to describe the dead. I love that term, risen. Uh, The other day, I heard someone use the term moved upstairs. All of these phrases remind us that this is not our real life, that this is not our home, that we each have our time to go through this, and then we each have our time to go home. We come here to go through these hardships. We come here to come out stronger. We come here to support each other and lean on each other as we make that journey home. So I'm not really an adventurous person. Uh, The other day someone asked me a question like, what's the most adventurous thing you've ever done? And I really had to think about that because I don't like adventure. My answer was, it's probably scuba diving. I'm not into skydiving or extreme hiking or even running marathons. But I do wanna say this to you. You may feel like you're not an adventurous person either. But if you're here, if you're listening to me, if you're within the sound of my voice, if you're on the planet Earth, you are an adventurous person. We are the baddest of the bads. We are the tough guys. People that choose to incarnate, we are pretty special people. Christian Sundberg, who I mentioned earlier, wrote a book called A Walk in the Physical. And he's got these pre-life memories or, or between-life memories. And in, in his experience, he talks about being on the other side and what I would call the real life. He's walking around one day, uh, metaphorically speaking, and he comes across this being. This being was different. This being was like shiny and bright and just you know, exuding wisdom, and Christian wondered, what made this being different? And what he realized when he asked the being was this being had had a physical experience, had incarnated, and it had changed him. It had grown his capacity. It had grown his wisdom. It had grown his capacity to love. When I interviewed Natalie Sudman for my program, she talked about the perspective from the other side, their perspective of people that come to earth. And this is what she had to say in her book, The Application of Impossible Things, This physical life is a unique experience, and it's entrancing from the perspective of expanded awareness. It is utterly lovely. It is deliciously strange. It's challenging and wildly exciting. The razor focus required to remain in the collective physical is intensely satisfying for our whole self, for our higher self. Physical reality, where we are, is a balancing trick, a performance high, an intensely concentrated speed test of complex skills. We are each an F-22 pilot flying 50 feet off the deck through an impossibly narrow canyon. That's what it's like to be in the physical and that's what you and I are going through. So I say this to you, my friends, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling homesick, it's okay. When I was a child, my favorite movie was The Wizard of Oz. And the song that Stephanie Mills sang is, is from the movie The Wiz, which came from The Wizard of Oz. That's probably why it's one of my all-time favorite songs. But when that movie came on, it came on once a year. And when I grew up, there was no DVR. There was no VCR. You either saw the movie or you still, you missed it till the next year. And I always made sure I was in front of the TV that night the, that movie came on. And if you know the movie, if you're and remember in the movie, Dorothy is on an adventure. Dorothy is taking this adventure, and she feels weak. She feels small. She feels powerless. And she meets these other beings that feel weak, and they feel small, and they're powerless. And they take this journey, and through the hardships that they face, they realize that the things that they were seeking were actually with them all along. They're seeking a brain. They're seeking a heart. They're seeking courage. And they have to go through these trials to actually exhibit these qualities. They have to go through these trials to actually understand that they already have them with them and to grow these qualities. But they take this journey. But if you remember at the end of the movie, Dorothy wakes up in her bed with her loved ones all around her. And she realized that it was, quote, just a dream. That's what this life is like. So I want to review the lyrics of the song by Stephanie Mills. And I'm just going to read a little bit of this. She says, oh, if you're listening, God, please don't make it hard to know if we should believe the things that we see. Tell us, should we try to stay or should we run away or will be better just to let them be? Living here in this brand new world might be a fantasy, but it's taught me to love and it's real to me. And I've learned we must look inside our hearts to find a world full of love, a world like yours, like mine, like home. When I think of home, my friends smiling down on me, giving me their energy. When I think of home, I think of a peaceful world and joy all around me. When I think of home and love that we share can never, never be taken away from me. When I think of home, I just sit down and think, and it gets down to my bones. When I think of home, I can hear my friends telling me, Stephanie, please sing my song. This is a strange place that we're in. This is a strange journey that we're on. And sometimes we forget while we're here. We forget we're surrounded by people that love us, or these people in spirit, our past loved ones, like my daughter Shana, our spirit guides, our families that we've left home that we don't even remember while we're in the physical. When we go home, we'll see them again, and we'll say, oh, yeah, I haven't seen you in a long time. Now, I'm about to wrap up here, and I'm but I want to leave you with a comment that I recently received from someone who had had a near-death experience, and they posted this on my YouTube channel, and it just filled me with joy. They said, while I was there, I went way out to the cosmos beyond the stars and the planet, to where it was total darkness. And though I could see perfectly, I was able to look back at myself from above. I was on tiptoe leaning as far as possible over the edge of the wisdom of God, as a woman go to a well to gaze down into it as far as I could see. I was wearing blue jeans and I'm 23, though I was 57 at the time I died. And it had been years since I'd worn jeans. I was face to face, eye to eye when I was healed. Though I was first shown my family as forms, once together, we all had bodies and faces, and we loved as we were always meant to be, laughing from that deep place of joy and then knowing that we were safe no matter what. And I recall trying to remember, what was it that ever made me feel unsafe? And I couldn't bring to mind one single thing. It's an awesome place of love and happiness because we are totally united in truth. So it's again, we're here for a reason. If you're here today, you're here for a purpose. And I know it's a long journey, but it's a journey that's worth the adventure. It will pay off in the end in ways that we can't even comprehend at the moment. When you're feeling overwhelmed, remember the words of Ram Das we're all just walking each other home. So let's hold hands and make it together. So, in that spirit, I'd like to offer a little gift to you. It's a short guide that I have on a few things that I've found that work for me when I'm in grief or actually at any time. So if you go to my website, www.grieftogrowth.com, that's grief, the numeral two, growth.com slash Sandra, you can download this guide for free. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening and I hope you have a wonderful Sunday.
2: Wow. That's all I can say. Yes, we come here to experience. We are fighter jet pilots just 50 feet above the earth going through mountains and canyons. And it's a scary ride, but we are experiencing. We're going to go into the break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you about this growth spurt and some things I've learned and some television shows that really struck a chord with me in the afterlife. I've got some news for you. There's some good things that our researcher in Brazil, Sonia Rinaldi, has been up to. You remember her from episode number one the scientist who gets images from the afterlife. All this and more, my friend. Thank you for listening, by the way. So let's take our break, and then we'll be back for more Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
1: Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up.
6: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
3: The best afterlife information you can get while you're alive. Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra
0: Champlain. This is it your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
3: At ParanormalDate.com, you meet the most fantastic people. Hi, I'm Tom.
6: Hi, I'm Jennifer. What brings you here?
3: Yeah, I'm here to meet someone who understands me. How so? Well, I'm into UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, the paranormal, that kind of stuff. But can't seem to find anyone who gets
4: it. Oh, well, um, nice to meet you, Tom. I, I gotta go.
3: Uh, Okay, guess that's not your cup of tea. You sure? Very. Good luck with that i can't meet anyone when i'm out and i really can't find a website for my unique interests what is one to do have you thought about paranormaldate.com para what dot what who are you i'm a paranormal matchmaker and it's paranormaldate.com it's a website for people looking for people like them stuff you like remember interesting Uh, i'll give it a try well let's try this again Uh, hi i'm tom
6: Hey, I'm Deb. Your profile on ParanormalDate.com looked very interesting. So you really saw a UFO?
3: Well, yeah. It was so intense, but not as intense as meeting you.
4: You're an alien chasing flirt, but I kind of like it.
3: Wow. This ParanormalDate.com thing really works. Maybe ParanormalDate.com is for you. People with an interest in things they hear on George's show find their match daily. So if you're looking for that special someone... With an interest in UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and, of course, the paranormal. Come to the dating site inspired by George Norrie. It's always free to search, and if you decide to upgrade to our amazing new features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. Paranormaldate.com. You are not alone.
2: Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. I want to tell you about a car I once had. As you may know, I spent over 30 years being a chef for race car teams. Back in the 90s, I had a dream car. It was an Audi A4 Quattro. I loved watching them go around the racetrack. I spent years saving up enough money, and I finally... Purchased that car in 1998. I loved it so much that the first night I had it, I slept in it. (laughs) That new car smell, it was great. I had that car for 10 years. And the last, well, many years, it had problems. And I put a lot of money into it. And I mean, a lot of money. The day came where there was an oil leak so bad that it would cost many thousand dollars to fix it, redo the engine. And I knew in my heart it was time to say goodbye. And it was very difficult. I loved that car. My dad, my grandmother, people that I loved had been in that car. I went through grief. I did, saying goodbye to that car. Why is my car story important? Because we Each are traveling, like Brian said, in a rented car. This energy vehicle, death of the human body is one of the most normal things. And for most of us on planet Earth, we are petrified of dying and what happens next. My growth spurt that I was telling you about started with learning of the works of Dr. Christopher Kerr and these 1,500 patients that all had these true-to-life dreams weeks before they passed, seeing their loved ones young, alive, healthy, well. One of your fellow listeners directed me to a short film on Netflix called End Game, where it's just as it seems People were facing the end of their life and really dealing with the stress and fear of having physical life end. A doctor from the Zen Hospice Project spoke with a patient who was really fighting to stay alive and had a heart-to-heart about her prognosis, the fight, and all the evidence that there is that we go on after physical death. And the woman decided not to fight it anymore. I remember hearing a talk at an afterlife workshop I had gone to years ago, and the speaker said over 90% of our health care dollar goes to people in their final months of life. That means we spend everything, to keep ourselves alive. And to make a little joke here, that's what I did with my Audi. I spent so much money just to keep it alive because I loved it. We do that as human beings. The fear of the unknown keeps us hanging on. I asked myself, am I comfortable with the thought of dying? You would think I'd say yes because I have all these afterlife Podcast episodes, but it's still hard for me to imagine that I'm no longer here. Years ago, people saw a lot of death. People died in the homes. Loved ones were laid out in the parlor. Here's an interesting tidbit fun fact what we know as living room today used to be known as the parlor. Far too many people were seen in the parlor after they had departed that when funeral homes started, they would call them funeral parlors. Parlor got associated with death. And people, when they no longer had services in their home, didn't want the word parlor associated with home. So that's when the term changed to living room. And speaking of funeral parlors, I found a television show called Casketeers. That's right, Casketeers. Sounds like Mouseketeers. Casketeers. And I binge watched a whole season in two nights. It is a reality show about a family that owns a funeral home in New Zealand. They are just regular people, but also death is part of their life. In each episode, they treat loved ones who have passed with dignity and respect. They care for the families. They have a belief in the afterlife. There is so much love and joy and humor in this show that after watching a full season, their short episodes, I started feeling like I'm becoming more comfortable with death. It is difficult to find this TV show unless you live in New Zealand. I found it on a website called dailymotion.com. So just search for Casketeers and you'll see it. As I was becoming more comfortable with seeing death through the eyes of people in a funeral home, I decided to do a little research locally on a funeral home. What if something were to happen to me? Where would I go? What would they do? And I ran across Fern Acres Funeral Home, located just 10 minutes from where I live now. I recommend you do the same. I found that they have an online pre-arrangement form. It asks those tough questions. And I think for myself, I'd prefer cremation. For you, maybe it's burial. But there's so much information about what happens, arranging services. There are resources, like what happens when a death occurs, there's grief support. I'm assuming that they're just regular people that have a lot of love in their heart that help people in that in-between stage. I think personally, if we can get to a point where even though we don't wanna leave this earth just yet, but we have the arrangements made, Sure, we may have our will done, and that's great. But to feel comfortable with the steps that happen next. I'm actually considering taking a drive out to this funeral home, meeting the people. You know, God forbid something happens to me, my mom would be left with this. And if she already knows where I'd like to go, she has a contact name, they'll make it easy. And this is something we can talk to people in our life about much easier. Talking now, perhaps over a glass of wine or two, than having those really tough questions if someone is ill. You know what I mean? I do recommend for all of us, get comfortable in the fact that our bodies will go, but we live on. I have forgotten about my Audi until today because I drive another vehicle. Not as nice, (laughs) but I do. To me, this has been a topic that's been hard to think about, let alone talk about. So I do appreciate you. I really do. Listening to me and maybe bouncing around these ideas for yourself. Why not make it a party when the time comes? And let your loved ones know you may be invisible to their eyes, but you'll be right there with them in their hearts. So here's some news for you. The movie about Sonia Rinaldi, Trans Communication to the Other Side, has just been added to Amazon Prime. That is a big deal. So if you're an Amazon user, just type in Rinaldi instrumental trans communication to the other side and you can watch it. If you're not in America and this doesn't work in your country, I do have the movie on my website, wedontdie.com. You can easily find it there on the store page. Also, back in December, Sonia did a special event online with me. We did a raffle and one person that attended, got gifted, a session with Sonia Rinaldi. The results have just come out. The woman had lost her brother just weeks before. And lo and behold, there's beautiful pictures to show that he lives on. I want to show this to you. So all you have to do is go to wedontdie.com forward slash news. And you can see some of the work from Sonia Rinaldi, my ex-boyfriend that came through, pictures of my dad. I have a link to the special event we did with her and then also the e-magazine about Amy and her brother. If you enjoyed the clip of Brian Smith from our Sunday gathering, please consider joining us. Every Sunday, 2 p.m. New York time, they are all recorded. Also, our new medium classes are open for registration. So again, everything is at wedontdie.com. I want to share with you the quote that I put in my high school yearbook. Don't be dismayed at goodbyes. A farewell is necessary before you can meet again. And meeting again after moments or lifetimes is certain for those who are friends. That was written by Richard Bach from the book Illusions. I know I've given you a lot to think about today, and it's okay. It's all the journey of the soul. With that, I'm Sandra Champlain, and I really, really, truly want to thank you for listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.
1: Thanks for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Make sure and check out all our shows on the iHeartRadio app or by going to iHeartRadio.com.
4: Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. A new season of Bridgerton is here.